You're listening to Destined Women Ministries, the podcast. Enjoy. Father, in Jesus' name, we love you. We thank you so much. We thank you for your holy word. We thank you that we can read it and apply it. We thank you for our teachers, Lord. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your presence, God. We thank you for sound doctrine in the name of Jesus by your Holy Spirit. Help us, enable us, show us how to apply what we're learning to our lives and to make it real for us. We hear it and we agree, God, but now we want to live this thing out. We want to survive singlehood. We want to come out of this the way you would have us to. And when we get married, we don't want to lose you, Lord. We don't want to step away from you. We don't want to neglect you and our relationship with you. So help us to apply everything we are agreeing with right now. In the name of Jesus, Father, enable me by your spirit to deliver this message the way you want it delivered. We love you. We thank you. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Glory to the name of the Lord. So we recently just uh, learned about Paul, the apostle, and what he said to the church concerning the current state of the world and what he suggests they should do uh, as it pertains to that current state, that each person, whatever they're involved in, whatever it is that they're doing, they need to serve God with devotion, undivided devotion. They need to serve God like they're single. The married people need to serve the Lord like they're single. He said the people who have these businesses or who are investing, he says the people who are buying, you need to act like you don't even have anything. And it's not that you despise the things God has blessed you with. And it's not that something is wrong with you accomplishing great things and making good investments and building wealth for yourself and building successful businesses. Paul is not speaking against those things, but he's speaking against people who have all of these blessings, who have the spouse and the investments and the property and the businesses, and they forget about God. Or they serve God like the time is not short. They serve God like the times are not uncertain. They serve God like they don't see all the distresses which are global, okay? You you have to serve God and consider the time that you're serving him in. You can't get lost in motherhood. You can't get lost in being a spouse. You have to know that before you are anything, you are a saint. And from your relationship with the Lord, everything else flows. So Paul is speaking to the church and he says, listen, whether you're married, you know, you have good businesses, whatever you're doing, you need to act like those things are not your primary focus in life. Things are too uncertain. You need to serve the Lord like you don't even have those things. It's not that he's saying give those things up. He's not telling a married person to divorce. He's saying don't seek to be loose. Don't leave your spouse. Don't, you know, shut down your corporation. Don't, um, you know, don't stop investing. But he's saying you do those things, you have those things, but in your heart, You need to be as though you have not done those things. In your heart, take it back to before you had the businesses. In your heart, take it before you made, take it back to before you made those investments. In your heart, take it back to before you were married. That's the mind that you need to continue to serve Christ with. Like he's your all in all, like he's everything that you have, and that he's the most important thing in your life. And I'm telling you, you put God first as a married person, you put the Lord first. 
everything will flow from that, okay? It's not that you neglect your marriage in any way. That's not what the Lord requires of you. He requires you to put effort and love and consideration into your marriage, okay? Your marriage is a ministry, and it is the, the center, the found, Christ is the foundation of the home, and um, it's built, the marriage is built upon that foundation in Christ, and it is, it's a ministry, and it's an example to people of Christ in the church, but it's also an example of God's perfect will for the man and the woman. So we have responsibilities when we get married. However, with all those responsibilities, with taking care of our spouses, taking care of ourselves, um, taking care of our children, maintaining whatever our career path is, we need to make sure that we're serving the Lord like those things don't even exist. Can you imagine that? But I'm telling you, it sounds like it's something we can't do. But if you have set a schedule for yourself and you live a structured life, you can serve the Lord like, just like, just like they don't exist. You know they do exist. But when you wake up early in the morning before the sun and you begin to pray and worship the Lord, that's serving him like those things are not your primary focus. Your primary focus is God. Do we understand that? How you serve him is number one. So yes, Paul is saying, yes, if you're married, you need to act like you're not. Doesn't mean that you neglect your spouse. It means that you serve God the same way a single person would. Okay, glory to the name of the Lord. You're a busy business owner, good for you. You need to serve God the way a person who does not own a business serves the Lord, okay? That's all he's saying. So we need to learn how to manage ourselves and manage our lives and manage our time. And this is why I'm suggesting to you to have a schedule for prayer, have a schedule for the things you do in life and make sure God is number one. And whatever it is, if you're just a business person and you're not married, or if you're married and you're a homemaker, whatever it is, God will take care of the rest. It's like paying the tithe. You give him the 10th, and God will take care of the rest. That's it. You give him that 10, you're walking under an open heaven. It's an obligation. It's a sacrifice, okay? It does take away from the substance that he's blessed you with, but in the same way, it's simultaneously adding to that substance and substance in areas that you haven't even seen, both naturally and spiritually. Same thing when you take that investment of time when you're married and you say, you know what? I have to get out. I have to get out the bed now. You know, now it's time for prayer. It may be a sacrifice. You may be taking time away from your spouse. However, you're making that spiritual investment that will ensure you and your spouse are covered. You are prepared. You're hearing from the Lord. You're in worship and you are the best version of yourself because we are all the best version of ourselves when we are rooted in Christ. Okay. So you never want to lose that. And this is what Paul is encouraging the church to do, to serve the Lord, be devoted to him, be proficient at being who you are. Okay. So we left off at verse 31. And now we're going to pick up at verse 32. He says, but I want you to be free from concerned. Concern. The unmarried man is concerned about the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But the married man is concerned about worldly things, how he may please his wife. And so, so often in hearing that scripture and being a part of the church, we would hear it preached like that is God's will, like that's okay. You know, oh, well, you know, married people, they're concerned with how they're supposed to please their, their spouse. They're concerned with worldly things. 
Do you really think that it's God's will for you to be walking in close fellowship with him, loving on him, having a deep, devoted relationship with him? You're committed to him. You're praying with him. And then all of a sudden, because now he can trust you with the spouse, you get that spouse. And then you are only concerned with how to please your spouse and you're concerned about worldly things. Do I look good? What kind of lingerie should I be wearing? You know, I, I, I want to keep things spicy in the bedroom. I want my husband to be attracted to me when we go out. You know, I'm having these kids. What can I do um, to please him? These are worldly things. These are worldly things. And this is what Paul is saying. The, the married man is concerned about worldly things, how he may please his wife and his interests are divided. He's not single of heart anymore. Now there's a a space. And I just want us to know that God wants all of our heart. And then he places in our heart what he wants to be there. But you can't say, Christ, I'm just going to give you some of my heart. And then my spouse is going to get the rest. No, no. Christ gave you that spouse. And he has reserved a portion of your heart for that spouse, but he wants the whole heart. Do you understand? God wants all that you have to offer. He still wants you to be fully surrendered to him, even as a married person. So listen to what it says. The unmarried woman or the virgin, and this is verse 34, is concerned about the matters of the Lord, how to be holy and set apart both in body and in spirit. But the married woman is concerned about worldly things, how she may please her husband. Uh, Now, again, you can't possibly believe that it's God's will for you to be walking with him, for you to be like, you know what? I'm keeping these these dresses long. You know, I really want to be as modest as possible, you know, or I I only want to wear flat shoes because I feel like that lift is just not modest. And, you know, it highlights certain areas in my in my body. Um, You know, I really don't want to watch that. And I really don't want to go to those places because, you know, I just feel like they're not for Christians. They're not for saints and they're not conducive for a holy lifestyle. So I want to be set apart and I want to be holy, not just spiritually, though, but also in my body. You know, this is the unmarried woman's thoughts while she's single. But then she gets married and all of a sudden she's concerned about worldly things and how she may please her husband. That means she did not heed Paul's advice in the preceding scriptures because he speaks to us about being proficient at who we are and serving the Lord like a single person. That's what he suggests, that we serve the Lord like someone who is unmarried. Okay, so what Paul is saying to us is, if you are um, a married person, then you still need to be concerned with the things of the Lord, how you may please the Lord, the matters of the Lord, and how to be holy and set apart both in body and in spirit. It's not God's will for us to separate ourselves from him or to allow the fire to go out in our relationship with God because now we have a spouse and we're only concerned with how to please that spouse, how to look good for that spouse, how to make that spouse happy. And we're no longer concerned with what looks good to Christ and what makes Christ happy. He's not telling you to neglect your marriage, put on, you know, do your thing for your husband, whatever, um, you know, keep it, keep it sanctified. <laughs> but, you know, it's nothing wrong with wanting to look good for your husband. There's nothing wrong with wanting to please your husband. There's nothing wrong with, you know, reserving certain behaviors and 
things like that for your bedroom, whatever, okay? But what he's saying is don't let that control your whole life. Don't let that become the apple of your eye. Don't let that become your objective. Your objective is still to maintain yourself holy, both in body and in spirit. It's still for you to be concerned with the matters of the Lord and how you may please the Lord. You have to still be concerned about the things of the Lord, even though you're married. And so this is what Paul is saying. He's like, I'm making this observation that when people get married, the only thing they're concerned about is their spouse. It's like they, they're no longer concerned about the Lord. I'm telling y'all, don't even get married. Unless you know how to serve the Lord like you're an unmarried person, unless you serve the Lord like you're still single without allowing that to destroy your marriage, then fine. But listen, you have not sinned if you got married. But listen, if you can't do that, then just remain the way I am. <laughs> just stay single because you all, judgment day is a real day. And I tell everybody, and I will even tell myself this, your spouse will not be standing next to you on judgment day. You have to serve the Lord with singleness of heart. And counseling a lot of married women and knowing that their husbands don't agree with everything. Um, listen, if scripture is silent, then you both come together as a married couple and you pray about what's best for you both. And that's what you, what you do. Your husband may want you to shave your legs. Maybe he won't. He may want you to wax your private areas. Maybe he won't. Listen, pray about it and move forward with the Lord because what you want is peace in your home and peace in your marriage. And as a single woman, there were certain liberties you have when you're married and your husband is saying, listen, babe, I don't think that has anything to do with your righteousness. And I can't see in scripture why that is important for you. You know, you're my wife. This is what I like. Then fine. Like I said, y'all pray about it. Talk about it. Whatever. Listen, still in all, you still need to maintain your concerns. It doesn't matter. In marriage, you do have to compromise, but you still have to maintain your concerns for the Lord. So when it comes to things which scripture is silent about, of course, we have our personal convictions. We have things that we feel are right or wrong. There are some things that I don't care if scripture is silent about it. I absolutely wholeheartedly believe that it's absolutely wrong. It doesn't matter. Um, some things, you know, personally, I'm telling you this personally, I'm not willing to compromise on when I get married. But listen to me, you all. There are some things I am willing to compromise on when I get married. And there are some things I do know, you know, in the grand scheme of things, they probably are, are not going to send me to hell. So when you get into your marriage and stuff like that, of course, you serve the Lord in an uncompromising way, but you also have to know that you are one with someone and their happiness does matter. And the way you treat them, even though they won't be standing next to you in judgment, you will be judged for how you treat them. So it actually does matter. So that's why I say on things that scripture is silent about, you get with your spouse and you pray about it. And if you still feel very strongly about your convictions, then what I would say is, leave it in the hands of God, okay? Again, there are some things when I get married that I will compromise on, that I will change if my husband does not like it, okay? And there are some things I'm just not willing to change. Doesn't matter whether he likes it or not, you know? Um, that said, regardless of what changes I make, I'm setting myself up now to continue to serve God with the same devotion and commitment and faithfulness 
that I serve him with now. I don't want marriage to change that, even if there's some aspects about myself that I have to change. And I know that may be surprising for some of you to hear, but we are all mature adults. Marriage, it brings compromise when you're merging with someone. And quite frankly, sometimes God put, he puts people together who can challenge each other in ways that will prune them and purge them. You understand? Purify them and humble them (laughs) and make them better. So I already know that there may be and there will be some things that Tiffany is not going to be able to say she does anymore. (laughs) And there are going to be some things where I say, listen, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to budge on that. This is very important to me. And um, it's going to be the same for my spouse. There are some things that he will have to start doing things that maybe he didn't want to do before that he'll have to start doing. And there are some things where he'll say, you know, I don't want to change that. Let's work together on that. I I, I don't want to compromise on that thing. And this is, I'm being real with y'all because when you're single, you don't have to deal with stuff like that. Um, But however, when you get married, you do. And just because there will come times where you will have to change, you will have to compromise, you will have to do things that maybe you had not done in years because you've been single, it does not mean that you don't serve God anymore. It does not mean that you don't serve him with the same devotion. What it means is that you learn everything he is trying to pour into you and impart into you to teach you, to teach you about yourself and to show you and to show you about yourself in that season. Say, Lord, what can I get out of this? I don't want to just be in this and say, you know what? You know, because we can be so enveloped in the Lord and the fact that he's the only one that understands us that when our husband starts requiring something a little different than the Lord has required of us, we can start resenting our husbands. Instead of doing that, trusting that God has placed us with the right person, what we need to be doing is saying, Lord, what is it that you want me to learn? If you want to break me, here I am. I present my body to you, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. If you're telling me I need to change that to please him, then fine. Because of course, when you get into the marriage, now the Lord is going to use that marriage to sharpen you as a saint. Glory to the name of the Lord. So um, you work with your husband. You work with your spouse work with them. You will have to compromise in some things. Like I said, I tell people if scripture is silent about it, then y'all pray about it and follow your personal convictions on that thing. Because listen to this, y'all. It's not just your journey. It's your spouse's journey too. And they may not get everything that you are experiencing or all of your convictions. They may not understand everything. But you are in covenant with that person. You are one with that person. So just like you want them to bear with you through your changes, you bear with them too. And just like they bear with you when you didn't know any better or you didn't have those type of convictions, you bear with them too. You pray and leave it in God's hands. And I'm just saying that and um, for the sake of maturity, you can't get into the marriage and say, I'm not going to change. You know, I serve the Lord so hard that I don't care if you're unhappy. No, no, no. That's not what we do. We seek peace and we pursue it, okay? And especially, especially with our spouses, glory to the name of the Lord. So I want you to know that, that even if you have to compromise, that doesn't mean that you're not serving God anymore. Even if your spouse requires you to change some things, that does not mean that you're no longer serving the Lord. Do you hear me? 
you still serve him with the same devotion and you just know how to serve him in season and out of season through changes and shifts. You know how to move with the Lord and flow with the Lord with whatever is going on. Lift your hands, worship him and praise him anyway. Still allow that. Even if you you have to make those changes, even allow it to be the driving force for you to get up early and say, you know what? I definitely, I definitely need to pray because of the changes I have to make, Lord. You know, um, God loves you. He wants you to have a successful marriage, but it starts when you're single. And you all, I'm not a married person, but these are very well things that the Lord has already told me. Singlehood is precious, you all. We get to do literally everything that God says, everything he wants from us. But there comes a time where God, he just, he allows us to be linked to someone who will challenge us so that we can become more holy. We can become more humble we can become better servants. You understand? But he's not going to put us with somebody so that we can be so challenged and so stressed that we stop serving him. It's supposed to make us better servants. It's supposed to cause us to pray harder, to seek him harder, to um, be more diligent. Because remember, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We want to seek the Lord, not just casually, but with diligence, whether we are married or single. And I just want to tell y'all, when you're married, you're going to need to serve him a little harder. Okay? You're going to need to serve him harder. And it's very important that we learn that as single people, that we know that. I don't want y'all going into marriage, you know, disillusioned, thinking that it's going to be all your way and your husband is just going to like everything that you do and think everything is like everything is just all right with him. Some of those things he may not like. Some of those things he may not like. But I'll put it to you all like this when it comes to me. And you know, I've preached holiness. I've had strong convictions and everything. And you all have seen me go through various things over the years, be broken down, be built back up, go through all types of changes. I am literally, like the scripture says, crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Whatever God wants from me in any season, that's what he's going to get. I have died a long time ago. You understand? So if the Lord puts me with someone and that person says, listen, Tiffany, I don't want you doing that anymore. I want you to start doing that again. Tiffany, I want these changes to be made. I love you. I think you're beautiful. You and I, you know, this is why I married you. You're an awesome woman of God, but you know, I'm a man still. (laughs) And these are some of the things that I want. We have to know that even if there are changes which need to be made, um, we're still serving Christ. Christ is still in us. And we've died a long time ago. So now I really don't have that stomp my feet and you know fold my arms mentality when things aren't going my way. God has absolutely, I don't want to say beat me into submission, but Lord have mercy. I listen now. I trust him. Whatever he says, that's what goes. It does not matter. If I don't like it, then that just means my my thoughts are just too low. God knows exactly what is best. And I'm waiting for him well into my 30s. I'm waiting for him to place me with someone. And I trust the Lord so much that I know that even though the man of God will bring challenges into my life, I know that I can trust the process because God allowed me to get into it. So God trusts me with the process. I understand by sitting at the feet of God that there will be things that I will have to change when I'm married. 
But I also understand by sitting at the feet of God in the way he loves me and the way I love him and the way he loves all his children with this deep, passionate love that is so amazing that he never wants us to lose our devotion to him. No matter what ups, downs, changes, similarities, whatever takes place in our life, God wants us to serve him with devotion. Things can be consistent. Things can be changing. God still wants us to serve him with devotion. And that's where we learn where our righteousness comes from. That's where we learn where God's love for us comes from. We thank God for obedience is better than sacrifice, but God will allow you to be challenged. I just want you to prepare yourself for that in your marriage. Your husband may not agree with everything. You understand that. God knows that. It doesn't mean he said he wants you to stop praying. It doesn't mean he wants you to stop reading. It doesn't mean he wants you to stop fasting. It means he, he, he needs you to know how to humble yourself and be broken. It means he just needs you to learn how to submit and how to flow with him in various seasons because seasons change. And let me tell you something, winter looks nothing like summer. So who you are in your marriage, it may look completely different from who you were in your single season, but that does not mean that you serve God any less. Whether it's wintertime, summertime, autumn, spring, I'm serving God with all diligence and devotion. So I want y'all to take that into consideration. Put that before the Lord in your prayer closets. As we learn to survive singlehood, know that everything won't always be this way, okay? There will be some things that have to change regardless. And, and um, the Lord is putting this in my spirit. It's those special challenges that Paul speaks about. Those special challenges that you face when you're married. But still, the, the requirement does not change. God's desire for fellowship with you does not change. He still wants you to serve him like you're unmarried. Okay? Glory to the name of the Lord. So you will have to learn what it means to serve God even through changes, even through challenges. It's okay. It is fine. It's a part of life and it's a part of pruning. God says, you know this one, while this one was single, they bared a lot of good fruit. They bared plenty of good fruit. You know what? I'm going to prune them. I'm going to take away those things that I see that are not good, that can spoil the things that are good. I'm going to take away those things that don't look right so that they can bear more fruit. And I'm going to tell y'all something. He will use marriage to do that. He will use a marriage to do that. But if you love the Lord, and if you stay in fellowship with him, and if you commune, excuse me, when I think about communion, I was about to say with, with his broken body and his shed blood, when I think about it, because the Lord has really taken me up in the spirit realm as it concerns that. Glory to the name of the Lord. Whew, okay, it's difficult for me to even like think about <laughs> communion. I thank the Lord. I, I just have to, anyway, let me, let, me just, let me just say this. God wants you to serve him with all diligence. He does not want to lose fellowship with you. He wants to continue to commune with you. He wants to continue to enjoy being one with you as you enjoy being one with your spouse. Okay, but um, seek not to be bound, single people. Seek not to be bound. You understand? And for the married people, seek not to be loose. Just become proficient at being who you are. Learn to serve the Lord the way you are. 
So let's see what else the scripture says. I think we just read, um, did we, okay, so we read 35 and now let's go down to 40. Let's go down to 40 as we wrap this up. Paul says this, but in my opinion, a widow or an unmarried person is happier, but we'll say widow. Um, Let me see if there's any notes. No, okay. It says, um, but a widow is happier if she stays as she is. And I think that I also have the spirit of God in this matter. He says, I'm telling you, if you've been freed, stay that way. And that is the perspective of someone, first of all, Holy Spirit filled, but who is able to serve the Lord without anything else um, going on in their life. So we know that Paul had a mama and a, a mother and a father. So marriage is a beautiful thing, and we thank God for the marriage covenant. But I want you to understand that if you are single, it's a blessing. I want you to know that if you are married, it is a blessing. But whatever your status is in life, wealthy, invest, investor, business owner, whatever your status is in life, whether you're going through sad times or happy times, whether you're married or single, scripture is clear that we need to serve the Lord like those things are not the apple of our eye. We need to serve the Lord with complete, steadfast, undivided interest and devotion. So we need to love the Lord enough now while we're single to take that mindset into marriage. Okay, that you know what? This that I have with the Lord will not change. When I encounter those special challenges, when my husband starts to, you know, require things of me that I haven't had to do, when I am required to make sacrifices or changes that I have not been required to make, I'm going to keep that same undivided interest and devotion to the Lord. You make your mind up now while you are in your singlehood and you take that blessed mindset and mentality into your marriage and your marriage will be blessed. For your devotion to the Lord, your marriage will be blessed. Even if you feel like spiritually you're the one who's more devoted, still your marriage will be blessed. Pray for your spouse, love your spouse. And if you're single, I beseech you to don't to be not unequally yoked with unbelievers, okay? Don't marry somebody thinking that, oh, you know, they may not be saved, but that's okay. You know, they're cute and we get along nice. No, no, no. No, no. You got to hear me. This thing is spiritual. They're cute and they're nice now. But after y'all make those vows and you actually have to live with them, then you're going to start dealing with the spirit behind that person, that spirit that has yet to fully submit to Christ, that one, those demons that have stopped that spouse from really giving um, their all to the Lord, those demons, that's what you're going to start fighting. So mm-mm, it ain't, it's not worth it. You, we already talked about being with someone who's walking in their integrity. That's what you do. Find someone who is righteous. Find someone who is living the way you are living. And find someone who is not going to try to do sexual things with you before marriage. I don't care if they say they're a Christian and, oh, they want to live right. Well, if he's touching on you and he's trying to do, you know, whatever sexual acts before the the marriage or actually trying to penetrate you, having sex with you before the marriage, he ain't, he's not the one, okay? Stay away from him. Stay away from him. 
Glory to God. I need y'all to make sound decisions based upon the word of God, led by the spirit of God and what you know about scripture. Make sound choices. Make righteous choices. You have the power to do it. I tell you all and I encourage you all that you in yourself, you have the willpower to do what you want to do. The will, the human will is very powerful. Okay, you can stop doing a whole bunch of stuff, not even know what deliverance is, but because you've made up your mind, you no longer want to do it. You can do it. Okay, and um, whatever you can't do, Christ, of course, his grace is sufficient for you and his strength is made perfect in your weakness. So this is just part one of seek not, seek not to be bound. And I pray that we are encouraged to seek the Lord with everything within us and to stay devoted to him, whether we are married or single. And I want for all the single people to get in your minds and your spirits now that when you get married, you still serve the Lord like you're single, undivided devotion and interest. As you love your husband, as you love your spouse, as you love your children, you serve God. Make sure he's number one. Make sure he's the first one, you know, that you wake up and you you speak to him in the morning. I can't say that you ignore your spouse like they're not there and they're up. Of course, you say good morning, whatever, whatever you do. But just make sure that you give God his time. Make sure you know how to do that. And I tell you, I'm an advocate for the morning because scriptures, um, the scriptures are an advocate for the morning, but also it's before the day gets started. So you literally get to go into the secret place and just rest in the peace and the quiet in the stillness of the early morning hours. And then you get to go and take care of yourself and run your household well. Glory to God. I love you all. God bless you. And we're going to be moving on into the next part of this, which is called seek. So we've learned what not to seek after. We've learned what God really wants from us. But next, we're going to start learning what God tells us to seek after. As saints and also as single people, okay? As single saints, these are the things we need to be seeking before we are married. And that's what we're going to talk about in the coming episodes. I love you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Destined Women Ministries podcast. I pray this fellowship was edifying, enlightening, and encouraging. If our fellowship blessed you today, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app. While you're at it, share this episode with friends, family, co-workers, social media followers, or anyone you believe would benefit from this teaching. And I'll be right back here every Monday and Thursday at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Destined Women Ministries podcast. For more information about this ministry, please visit www.destinedwomenministries.com.